Well, it is Labor Day weekend, obviously, and I know for many of you, uh, this is a weekend that's a little different. Maybe it's a long weekend. You've got tomorrow off work. And in our country, we, I think, sort of honor two different things this weekend. We honor those who get up and go to work each day, uh, who just put in their time and keep our country moving forward as best we can, and we, we contribute and we produce and we, we work hard and so we pause on Labor Day weekend to honor that, but we also pause to rest. Tomorrow's a day off for many, not for all, but for many. And, and certainly rest and leisure is something that is, is highly valued in our country. I came across some statistics from the Bureau of Labor, and I thought these were interesting. I wanted to read some of these to you. Uh, it's, it's most interesting on the age differences. I'll just tell you that. Really, really fascinating. This is a, a study done on leisure activities in 2010, so, so recent, last year. On an average day, nearly everyone, age 15 and over, engaged in some sort of leisure activity, such as watching TV, socializing, exercising, so on. Of those who engaged in those kinds of activities, men spent more time doing them, 5.8 hours, than women did at 5.1 each day. Watching TV, this should not surprise you. Watching TV was the leisure activity that occupied the most time, 2.7 hours per day on average for Americans, accounting for that's half the leisure time for people 15 and older. Socializing was next, uh, visiting with friends and so on and so forth. Men were more likely to participate in sports or recreation or exercise uh, than, than women, 22% of men on a daily basis, 16% of women. On an average day, this is fascinating, Adults age 75 and over, and I'm not going to make you raise your hand, spent 7.7 over, spent, uh, hours engaged in leisure activities. Now, that's something to look forward to. And somebody's thinking, now, what in the world kind of study is this? I don't, you know. But, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, 7.7 hours, more than any other age group. 35 to 44-year-olds. Now, if that's you, you spend the least amount of time, 4.2 hours. Time spent reading for personal interest and playing games or using a computer varied greatly by age. Again, fascinating. Individuals age 75 and over averaged 1.1 hours of reading per weekend day and 18 minutes of playing games or using a computer for leisure. That makes sense. Conversely, this is the funny part. Individuals age 15 to 19 read for an average of six minutes <laughs> per weekend day and spend 1.1 hours playing games or using a computer for leisure. Isn't that interesting? Employed adults living in households with no children under 18 engaged in leisure activities for 4.5 hours a day, which is nearly an hour more than employed adults living with a child under age 6. I totally understand that. But leisure in America is a big, big deal. It's very important. In fact, it's big business. We spend billions every year on leisure activities, whatever they may be. And I often wonder, why is there such a focus on that? Why such a focus on leisure and play and, and relaxing and so on? For our purposes this morning, I think that it's partly because life's issues add up and we really do want to break. Maybe you could could resonate with that. You just say, my goodness, you know, year after year, month after month, day after day, they just, they tend to pile up, and I, I just want a break. I just need to do something that is not all of that. And you begin to feel the weight, and you, you want 
away out from under it. And it's sort of like wearing this stupid weight jacket around. Now, some of you have been wondering all morning, what on earth is he wearing? I went to the Murray State track team this week, and I got a weight jacket. Now, in, inside this weight jacket are little stones, little weights. They use it for training. They use it for, for, um, for, for building up strength and so on. I've been wearing it around this morning for a purpose, and I'll tell you a bit later. But, but it's sort of like this is how life is for us. And over time, when little weights get put in, and we just sort of get weighted down, and, 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 and it gets tough to walk around. I'll be honest with you, this thing's been uncomfortable all morning long. And the looks that I've gotten from some of you have been uncomfortable as well. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> but, and I even had one person joke with me who said, those aren't real weights in there, are they? It's styrofoam in there. I said, uh-huh, that's right. You know, he knows, he knows, that's right. But you know, the truth is, we, we really are all looking for a, a way to take a load off of ourselves, to find some peace in life, to get a break from what we're carrying around. Jesus was, was not ignorant of those kinds of things, and he speaks to that in Matthew chapter 11. Won't you turn there with me if you've got your Bible handy? Matthew chapter 11. And we're going to read a couple of verses here that Jesus is addressing a particular crowd, and you'll see very quickly who it is that he's that he's talking to a category, a group of people. Look with me in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. All of you, take up my yoke and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for yourselves. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus speaks to a crowd here who obviously was weary and burdened for a variety of reasons. And he gives a simple invitation. And the invitation stands today. It is this, to exchange your burden for his. The invitation of Jesus to all of us is to exchange your burden for his. He addresses those who are weary. Those who are burdened, why were they weary? Why were they burdened? The immediate context here, these verses talk about the, the idea of something called a yoke. They were weighted down by life, carrying around a yoke. Now, I've got a couple of pictures I want to show you. Austin's going to bring these up. The first one is, is just what a yoke looked like in general back then. You see it's got the bar that would, that would join two oxen together and and the little, you know, either rope or wood, somehow it would come down and go around the neck, and, and oxen would be joined in tandem to pull something, to plow a field, whatever it may be that was, that was heavy, heavy lifting, heavy labor kinds of things that a, that a human was not strong enough to do. They'd put two oxen together, and I've got a picture of the two oxen actually joined together. You kind of get an idea. They look real happy. The one's actually sort of smiling at the camera. You can't really tell. But, but this is sort of what Jesus literally is referring to. So, so what would happen in the minds of those who are hearing is they would, they would think, yoke, oh, okay, I, I get what you're saying. I have this, mind, this picture in my mind of what it is that we're talking about. But, but Jesus, obviously, in this particular passage, when he says, take my yoke, trade in your yoke for mine, take my yoke because it's easy, my burden is light, he's not talking about the literal yoke. He's not saying... Go over there, take it off the oxen, put it on yourself, and then let's trade. That's not what he's talking about. 
He's using it in a figurative sense, and, and historically, uh, for, for Jews, and we certainly know uh, for us as Christians, the yoke was a figurative way of talking about slavery or control. You were under a yoke of slavery that, that bound you to whatever it was that, that you were connected to. You were under the control of someone or something. Galatians 5.1, you'll see this verse on the screen. Galatians 5.1 includes where Paul is describing that sin itself is a yoke. He says, we've been liberated into freedom. There it is. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. It's something that weighs you down, something that makes life difficult. In Matthew chapter 23, if you want to study what Jesus really thought about the Pharisees, go to Matthew chapter 23. Jesus slams them and tells them that you have mounted up this yoke of legalism, that you have tied up heavy loads and placed them on people that have made it impossible for them to have any joy in life. What the Pharisees had done is they had taken the Old Testament scriptures and they had added to them all of their teachings and interpretations. So not only were you bound to follow what God had written, but you were bound to follow whatever the Pharisees said as well. Nobody could keep up. Nobody could keep all those rules. Legalism was a yoke that they carried around. Closely related to that was perfectionism. The goal of the Pharisees was to perfectly obey the law. Paul himself said that as to the law, he was blameless. That in a sense, he had kept it all. Perfectionism was that yoke. <clears throat> Jesus even refers to, to self-sufficiency, human wisdom. In verse 25 in Matthew 11, he says, At that time, it says, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to infants. Jesus talking here about the fact that self-sufficiency, human wisdom, is also a yoke because it keeps you from seeing your need for Jesus Christ. He understood that many of the people he was talking to were carrying those things around. The yoke of sin, legalism, trying to keep all the rules, being self-sufficient, I'm going to do it, I'm going to get through life myself. If I just try harder, I can make it. He also spoke to those who were weary and burdened, exhausted and weighted down by life. There are folks here today that I know about, that I don't know about, that a lot of you know well, some of you don't at all, that have been deeply hurt in life. Deeply hurt. People that you trusted betrayed you. Things that you expected didn't happen. And you have been hurt. Deeply, deeply hurt. And you carry that around. And it is like a weight that presses down on you every day. And there are times when you don't think about it, you kind of push it out of your mind, and that day's okay, but then the next day rolls around, and there it is again. Some of you have been deeply hurt. Maybe as a result of that, you've gotten angry. Maybe you're angry at the person who hurt you, and you're bitter and cynical. Maybe you're angry at God. God, why in the world did you allow that? God, I... <laughs> You know, I'm trying, God, to, to figure this thing out. I'm trying to get along with you here, but, you know, it just seems like things keep happening. God, that really uh, it's a little too much. Maybe you've been angry with God. It's led to bitterness. Maybe for some there's a lot of regret, a lot of shame. And you smile here this morning and you put on a good show, but if anybody really knew you, they would see all that regret from the life that you've lived. 
and all the shame that you carry around, and you say, well, if people really knew what I have done, they wouldn't want anything to do with me. That's why I keep them out just like this. Maybe there's a lot of stress and pressure, responsibility in your life, and you carry those burdens around because you're responsible for a business or a farm or a family or other people, whatever it may be. You're responsible in school and so on, and, and those things just mount up on you. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Maybe it's an addiction to a substance, and you hide it as well as you can. But your spouse knows, your close family members know. Or maybe it's an addiction to something else, and you can't seem to get free of it, and it just weighs you down. Certainly many of us have experienced financial burdens recently. Our economy obviously has not been what it historically has been, and so we maybe in here have faced the loss of a job or change of income or, or just difficult times. And it's always there. And it's always just when you're hoping that you can make it to the end of the month. <laughs> and then you get paid again, maybe. Maybe you've struggled with that. Others are weighted down by loneliness. You've gotten to a point in your life where life has stopped giving and it's only taking. And it's taking people. And they've moved away or they've died and, and you're lonely. Or maybe you're confused, not knowing what to do. Maybe you're a person who you go to work every single day and you suffer under a boss who is a jerk. And you're praising God because tomorrow I don't have to do that. <laughs> maybe that's you. That's your burden every single day and you just dread going into work. Or maybe you're a person in a marriage with a spouse that's uncaring or unfaithful. And you don't know what to do. You know what God says about divorce, and you know what God says about marriage, and there you are, and you have no idea how to reconcile the whole thing. Maybe you've been a faithful parent, <clears throat> and your children are running from God. They don't want anything to do with the Lord. And because you're associated with God, they don't want anything to do with you either. But you've done all that you know to do. What a tremendous burden that is. Or maybe a close family member or friend has been diagnosed with cancer. And you just wish there was something you could do. You carry that around. I would guess, and I could go on, <laughs> but I would guess that somewhere in there, something hits you. You're dealing with some kind of burden this morning. It makes it tough to put one foot down in front of the other. And the weights have been put in, and, and there you are sort of carrying the weight jacket around all day long. The invitation of Jesus, he says, come to me, look in verse 28, all of you, all of you who are weary and burdened. And then he says in verse 29 again, all of you, the invitation is to all who are weary and burdened. That includes you. That includes every reason that you're weary and burdened, even if you brought it on yourself, even if you were to blame. No one who is troubled is left out of this particular invitation as Jesus stands and says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened. He says, come to me, to him alone. It's the invitation of a teacher who loves and cares and knows his students and wants to help them. If you had a great teacher like that, that you could count on, 
We try a lot of things to get rid of the weight jacket we're carrying. We try some of the leisure activities that have been mentioned. We try substances, alcohol, and different things. We try vacations. We try pornography. We try all kinds of things to get some relief in life. And for a short period of time, maybe it does dull the pain. But isn't it true that it often comes back with a vengeance? And those things that you try don't seem to last. There's got to be something more. There's got to be something that actually works. Jesus says, come to me. Not a call to religion, not a call to following rules, but a call to come directly to the Savior, directly to Jesus. He says, learn from me. Become my student. Study my life, he says. Learn how I relate to the Father, how I relate to others. Become my disciple. Pattern your life after my example, my instruction. He says, I'm a gentle and humble teacher. I love you, and I want what's best for you. I find it interesting that, excuse me, do you love sick kids at home? I find it interesting that no one faced rejection and pain like Jesus Christ. No one. You add all your stuff up. I can add all my stuff up. We put it all together here in the middle of the room. And it doesn't even come close to touching the, 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 the rejection, the pain that Jesus went through. And yet nobody handled it like him. <laughs> There's something to learn from him. There's something we can look at and say, what, how did he handle it? Nobody faced what he's faced. And yet nobody's ever handled it like him. And he says he wants to reveal himself to those who are weary, those who are burdened, those who need rest, those who know they can't do it on their own, those who have come to the end of their rope. Verse 27, he says, I desire to reveal myself. that's who he's looking for. He says, take my yoke, my burden. I will give you rest. <laughs> and here's the exchange of your burden for his. Yours is heavy. Yours is difficult to carry. Yours is crushing you. He says, mine is light and easy. Yeah, we, we remain a part of this world. Our problems don't just go away because we submit to Jesus Christ. But in following him and knowing him and having him live inside of us, we gain a way to navigate, to manage life that's unlike anything we come up with on our own. He says, I will give you rest, which is equated with relief, some breathing room. You ever felt like you just need a little margin in your life? Jesus says, come to me, I'll give you rest. He calls us to a life of complete devotion. Learn from me, follow me, he says, take my yoke. But ironically, that high demand because of the Spirit's enabling power, becomes an easy load to carry. You only experience that by giving it a shot. I'm amazed at those who have trusted Jesus with all their hearts and have now a different perspective on life, who've learned to trust the plan, the strength of God. They have problems, they have pain, but there's a different outlook. There's an incredible passage of Scripture I just want to read to you a couple of verses from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Paul is writing here, and, and he's a guy who's obviously received the invitation to trade in his burden for the Lord's. And here's his, his perspective on life. We are pressured in every way, 
but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry the death of Jesus in our bodies so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. And I love the part in verse 16 when he says, after all of this, therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner person is being renewed day by day. He goes on in verse 17 and he says this, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. What an incredible perspective. Yes, we're, we're, we're struck down, but we're not destroyed. Yes, we have issues, but there is hope. Yes, this life is hard, but praise God for his victory and for the next life that is to come. The invitation of Jesus is to take all the junk you're carrying, all the burdens that weigh you down, and to exchange it for his. So the only logical response to that is to take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. I've been wearing this weight jacket around all morning. Sort of hot. It's uncomfortable. And it's heavy. But it represents what we currently have on. Our sin. Our addictions. Our anger. Our resentment. Our grief. Our regret. Our weariness. Our heaviness. Our hurt. Our fear. Our lust. Our selfishness. Our jealousy. Our constant arguments. Our perfectionism. Our worry. Our anxiety. And here we are carrying all that junk around every single day. Jesus offers in exchange something that's far better. Something lightweight. Something that definitely fits a little better than this weight jacket. And included in that is love and purity and reconciliation and forgiveness freedom from sin, and his wisdom as opposed to our self-sufficiency. Galatians chapter 5 says that as you walk with the Spirit of God, you begin to produce the things of the Spirit of God, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Sounds a whole lot better than what you're carrying around this morning, doesn't it? Isaiah chapter 61 says that we take our ashes to the Lord our burnt-up lives, and we exchange them for something beautiful. Jesus says, come to me, I will give you rest now and rest forever. The invitation of Jesus is the same today as it was when he, when he uttered the words that are recorded in Matthew chapter 11. So if you're weary, if you're burdened, if you're enslaved to sin, Jesus says, come to me. Learn from me. Take my yoke. I will give you rest. It is that simple. It's also that ridiculous to decline his invitation. <clears throat> me wearing this weight jacket around all day long is probably seem a little strange. 
Somebody thought it was a parachute. Somebody thought, well, a lot of people thought it was a flak jacket, a bulletproof vest. You know, they wondered if I'd been threatened. I don't, you know, I don't, maybe I have, I don't know. But it is, it is out of place, it's not normal. I don't normally wear a weight jacket into church. And for me to continue to, to wear it when I have a, a lighter jacket waiting for me is really kind of stupid. It really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But with as much sensitivity as I can, I say this to you. The same can be said for those who continue to carry around their burdens when Jesus offers rest in exchange. And without calling you stupid, you understand, I think that's kind of stupid. Now, I say that, and I've done it. My goodness. <laughs> but it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? If our burdens were a literal weight jacket that we wore in here this morning, and Jesus offered a literal sport coat for you to put on in exchange, we would sort of look funny at the people who said, No, I'm good. <clears throat> I prefer the weight jacket. I just want to be weighted down. That's what I want. I want to be uncomfortable. No, you keep your sport coat. I, I'm good. And yet, some of us are considering doing that this morning. Some of us this morning are weighted down with tons of burdens and the issues of life, and you're wearing that yoke around, and you are considering leaving here still wearing it. When Jesus offers a sport coat in return. I, I, I want to tell you that it is time... <clears throat> And maybe you physically need to come and you need to pray in just a minute. But it is time to drop the weight jacket. Now listen to this thing drop. It's great. It's time to drop the weight jacket. You want to hear that again? That's great. <clears throat> I've been wearing it all morning. Golly. And it's time to put on your sport coat that the Lord offers. It fits better. It's cooler. Much more comfortable. And it's what he has tailored and designed for you to wear. It would break my heart, and I think would break the Savior's heart, for you to leave this morning still wearing your weight jacket. Still burdened down by all those things in life when he offers you an exchange. He says, bring me your sin, bring me your issues, bring me your junk, and I will give you rest. He loves you. He gave his life in exchange for yours. So the invitation is to come to him today in faith and take the exchange that he offers. Let's pray together. As I mentioned, you may <clears throat> feel the Lord that is drawing you to, to, to come and to pray just to kneel, and maybe you just physically kneel in front of that weight jacket, and you say, Lord, there's all my junk. There's my burden. That's what I've been carrying around. There's my sin. There's all my garbage. There's all the issues of life. There's all my worry, all that stuff. And I'm going to take them to you, and I'm going to leave them here. And I'm going to learn from you, and I'm going to follow you so that I know how to deal with all those issues when I leave this place biggest burden that we carry around is our sin 
There's only one way to have that burden removed, and that is through the grace of God, through faith in Jesus Christ. That burden can't be eased by us trying harder. We need to be forgiven and have it taken from us. Jesus provided that way. Whatever your response needs to be this morning, don't leave wearing your weight jacket. Make the exchange. Lord, give us boldness this morning to respond to you as you are calling us. We pray in Jesus' name.